0: you're listening to bedroom beethoven's where notable music makers tell their stories on what they sacrifice to create the music you love
1: it's just your genuine appreciation on a deep soul level for what artists do and i love hearing that i'm your
0: host cello what's up this is j-rock and i'm right here i'm chilling on the bedroom beethoven's podcast that's what it is. Let's go. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My guest this week is
1: a beast, man. I'm from Michigan, man. I work with uh, Babytron, Shitty Boys. Uh, Rio de Young LG Ice Rebezo a lot of Detroit rappers man yeah I'm a producer I engineer too
2: uh, this is the Lasso I'm from Michigan I produce a lot of different kinds of records everything from instrumental stuff to collaborations uh, some notable people I've worked with are uh, Elucid Open Mike Eagle Hemlock Ernst who's the lead singer of Future Islands I'm trying to think who else. Zachy Force Funk all sorts of people uh, I make my way around
0: What up, everyone? Back with the God Hand duo. Ascension is the first collaboration between Michigan producers Danny G and coming back to the show after a few years, The Lasso. The 23-minute, 808-heavy pastiche of 80s, 90s freestyle and Detroit Flint-style beats is a great record in its own right, but I think it's something a bit more when you appreciate the journey behind the music and drill down on the motivations within the artist to create something so unique and so cool. And that's precisely what we do this week So before we get to the conversation I just want you to know that this podcast is ad free It's powered by our Patreons over at patreon.com slash beethovens Where you can give the change in your pocket To help support the show And in turn you get some cool benefits Like getting episode releases a week early And you can chat with me, you can get stickers Head on over to the website itself At bedroombeethoven's.com to grab a t-shirt You can see past episodes and all that Subscribe to the socials So the algorithm is always getting algoed and it lets the internet know you like what you see, like what you hear, and you want to be a part of all that. Really thankful to The Lasso because he liked the show enough to come back on and repeat guests are like validators in my opinion. So if they liked it enough to come on once, well, here you go. Detroit is in the house this week. 188 Danny G Beats, Lasso. Let's get this show started. So, Danny G, I was telling him that I just discovered him. I discovered his music. And when I was researching him, the first thing I found was a viral tweet that said, that's a Danny G beat followed by the most uncleared samples of all time. And he linked to you sampling like the NFL theme song and the Jurassic Park theme song. And I was just so... (laughs) Like so, you 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 haven't gotten any hot water doing any of that? Are you just you're at a level where you can kind of do that? I guess if it's not like a a big commercial release, you can do that.
1: I don't really worry about that, man. And really, I'm not gonna get like flack, but you know, some shit's like come up for sure. Some stuffs came up, but um, some stuff hasn't.
0: (laughs) Let me tell you. So, uh, I I don't know if you're familiar with Monch, but him sampling the Godzilla theme song almost ruined his Uh, career.
1: I've heard of him. Is he a rapper? He's
0: a red. Yeah, yeah. And he um yeah, he had a song called Simon Says in the it was either in the late nineties or the early two thousands. And uh yeah, he released it and then like the Toho Studios caught wind of it and they were like, Hell no, we we're not allowing this and they and they suit the pants off him and his label. So just be careful, man. <laughs> you know? Those Jurassic Park lawyers are still out there, I think.
1: Hey man, don't worry about that.
0: i won't all right and last uh, last time we talked you uh i don't know if you remember dude it was so long ago you documented how you moved to tucson you you moved to tucson when you got burnt out being a commercial engineer so that move was kind of fresh and now you're back in michigan right full-time
2: yeah yeah i've definitely been all over the place the last eight years but yeah i moved back to michigan in 2017 and i've lived out uh Around the Detroit area ever since. Andy, what's up, dude?
1: Andy, so, so you were, you were, you were engineering in Arizona. Well, originally
2: in Michigan, yeah. Like, I owned a studio and stuff. That was my, that was my life for, for like so many years. Like, from pretty much like the end of high school through till like I was like twenty seven or twenty eight. That was pretty much my life. Yeah, I did a lot of like car, com- everything from like recording car commercials and like really corporate stuff to like just running like hella sessions for all genres. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: pretty extensive. You know, I had um, I had one on uh, from people under the stairs and he told me that if you have a studio with like big hulking equipment like the Tascam ATR 60, that 60 track one inch tape machine, like you might as well be spending money on a boat anchor. Because the digital setups have trumped the old equipment due to modern technologies. Is that true? Can I replace a full studio with just a laptop and a few knobs? Because that Tascam, that's a $5,000 piece of equipment, you know?
2: Yeah, I got that big tape machine. Dude, it's funny. Like, Danny and I have definitely been through this even making this record of, like, yo, it's fun to try gear. And we were, like, running shit onto cassettes here and there. But, like... I mean, pretty much all that matters is if it's like creative and it hits hard and like you can do that better really with just a laptop. Like a lot of the hardware is, it's for connoisseurs and it's cool, but, um, I don't ever let any of that get in the way. Yeah. The tape machine is like, I only like hoe it out to be in music videos anymore. Like no one makes music on it.
0: Yeah. It's like, if you want to invite people over and they get, you know, ooh and ah over all the knobs, he was like, that's it. Like if you want to impress your friends or something.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because yeah, we we really we really found like a lot of the emulation hardware emulations, especially
2: like this mo- this yep. last thing
1: that we did. I've really been using all of them now, like the Core Triton and all that stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, we definitely like the the first stage of this record was a lot of research into and just like talking about like specific reference point records, and then just like yeah, we could go try to hunt down these synths, which is expensive and difficult or it's like the emulations are just so great these days. It's like Yeah, I'm not gonna go spend a grand on a synth. It's like twenty bucks a month to have every Roland synth as a VST and shit sounds great. Well what's funny
0: is so uh Danny, I don't know if you remember saying this, but you said that you don't like being an engineer because everyone treats the engineers like shit. Is that true?
1: Yeah, where'd you hear that from? <laughs> um Nah, for real, like I sort of take that back a little bit. I think part of it is like I really, really enjoy being a producer, and I like and I like engineering and everything, but like it takes too much time. And yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes people just don't treat you the same. So like I just I just want to focus on being a producer. That's like where I'm happiest, you know. And I can, I can trust me. I can get in there and do what I got to do if I have to.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, because last we said you you were burnt out being a, a an engineer. It wasn't because of the way people treated you, I guess,
2: was it? Yeah, I I think we probably got burnt out for same reasons. It's just like when you're you yourself are creative, and like Danny and I are both aware of our own like you know productivity and how much like drive we have to do this and. And when you're an engineer, it's awesome because you learn a lot, but you're always kind of serving someone else's vision. And if you got a bunch of ideas on your own and you're like, it's like, I don't know, it's probably like a feeling like an NBA practice player gets or something. It's like you want to be doing the in the game, like fucking hooping, not just, you know, facilitating other people's dreams like that and that's not even like i don't like doing that i I help other people out all the time and like but the engineering part it just starts to be like you know how many takes people run on vocals and stuff you like lose a sense of yourself just being there to like chop vocals up yeah
1: it's 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 very it's very involved and like with engineering like you can get really good at it and you can be very fast. But at the end of the day, like, if you're, a tra- if you're a tracking engineer, like, you're tracking and you're working with these dudes for eight hours. Like, that's eight hours of you tracking. And hopefully you're sort of, like, cleaning up your session as you go, which most good engineers are going to do. But then you still got to mix it. Like, you've got to clean it up and mix it and then master it. So, I don't know. Maybe you do all of it. Maybe you're not going to. But even then, like, that eight hours, man. Uh, eight hours I could be making beats.
0: That turns into a day job real quick.
1: And it did. It did turn into that for me for sure, which was, it was good. Like it was cool to have the money and stuff. And it brought me a lot of opportunities. Like I like, I locked in with Rio and a lot of artists, man. I, I locked in with, because I was engineering and stuff. So, so I never take it for granted. Like that shit was that was definitely a part of the journey. Well, the last
0: time uh, that that we kind of revisited that talk, I, I think specifically last so it was October of 2019, man. So since then, wow, you know this it was pre-pandemic, man. And you know, without probing too much, and you can divulge as much as you want, but I got I got fragments of strife. I got fragments of uphill climbs. You know, I would periodically I'd go into my vinyl collection, I put on your music because I'm a big supporter of you. I would tag you. And then you would respond back like, you know, like, oh, the, you know, this is just what I needed, or this came at the right time. And I never wanted to like pry or anything. I was just, I'm always just happy to, to kind of lend my support, but can you walk me through some of the, I don't know what, like, it's been a while since we talked to any major life events you went through <laughs> because we haven't talked to this before the pandemic and the pandemic yeah. was hard for everybody.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My life is like fundamentally different than it was at that point, other than the music. So like to start with the positive, even all the way to the time i've spent with danny i've really had to change my life like i kind of like lost the whole framework of where i'd been at so like it's been music and like music friends and stuff that have kind of like looped me back and and yeah you know what actually shout out to you Chella. i remember one time i was actually a foster parent is some of the stuff you know you might be referring to so i had two foster sons for a while which like is an extremely intense experience, um, to anyone who's done it. And I remember you, you said something really nice to me. I don't remember what it was, but we talked once and you were like, gave me some love. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I used to be married. I I had five foster kids. I had a whole other life. And so, uh, I'm not married anymore. And it was a cool, you know, like it was a heavy experience to go through, but you know, shit happens as it does. And, uh, it's definitely showed me how much I love music. That's one of the main themes of my life as I've started to get my footing again. It's just like, fuck dude, I'm so grateful. I got a, um, like a passion and a drive to do this shit cause it, 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 it allows me to meet people. It takes me places, gives me a sense of myself. Yeah. So I mean, to summarize that, yeah, it's like, you know, I was a different person, but I, the whole time I've made records and, and, it's cool to know that Like, I'll probably remember my life more for the records from this era than I did for the, the bullshit I had to go through.
0: Yeah, because you would say things like making music is, a, is like exercise. That's an analogy that you use a lot. And when people go through major life events, let's say you lose your job or you break out with your girlfriend, you might want to start going to the gym. So when you're going through something in life, do you just throw yourself at music more than you usually would? And I, and I mean that in an unhealthy way, maybe you're just like, this is the, this is what I'm passionate about. This is the only thing that's good in my life right now. And I'm just going to create from sun up to sundown.
2: Yeah. There's some of that. I actually thought like, I didn't realize how much like being happy was a part of my process, but nonetheless, like no, it's for real. Like that's what I did. You know, it's like something that's, gives back to you most of the time so if you're in a shitty place like and you make some beats like you probably end up a little bit better a few hours later so i definitely trusted that the whole time and i'm grateful to say like some of my most successful records and touring opportunities and stuff have have come in this last two or three years so uh having all the growth i've had with my career throughout that shit like I'm so glad to have had that. Oh
0: shit. That's a Danny G. And then, so when Lasso told me about uh, Danny G, you were, you know, I'll be honest. You were one of those producers where I feel like I should know about, but I never heard about. And I, and I find myself feeling that way a lot. Like if I see a no jumper interview with like YSR grams, Tron, big, you know, Big Baby Gucci, Crispy Life Kid. I'm like, who's that? And then they get like a quarter million views. Or they sh- they throw out a video and it's got like eight million views. And then I'm like, oh, this is a me problem. I got to get out of my vacuum and start hearing about people that aren't on my radar. So what do I need to know about Shitty Boys, Danny G, about the Detroit rap outside of 8 Mile or Danny Brown or Jay Dilla? Like, what do you guys represent in the great state of Michigan?
1: Hustling. Scamming just hard, tough shit, you know? Like, Detroit is just as rugged as it gets, you know? And like the music, it's just a lot of fun Especially like shitty boys, shitty boys, maybe Tron, but a lot of people, you know, just let up punch lines. I think we're, we got some of the hardest rappers out there in the world.
0: And work work ethic wise too. There's a tape called Four Pete and you knock that shit out in a day.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Is, is there anything different about that time? Like, why can't you replicate that feeling in present times?
1: You know, like just with like shitty boys and, and Tron, like Tron being where he's at right now, it's just been, like, it's just been, like, different, you know? Like, that was, like, a time where, you know, like, I was picking Tron up. Yeah, his car, like, he, his car, like, was, like, in the shop or something for, like, a while. And I, like, was picking him up because we live right by each other. But it was just a different time. I, I was going up there with him every day, just about. And, you know, he was he had a buzz, you know? Uh, shitty boys had a buzz, Tron had a buzz, but... It was just different. Now you know he's he's moving all over the place, so everybody's doing their own thing, and like just kind of getting everybody together sometimes uh, to do everything in one go. Sometimes is not you know feasible, but we 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 locked in the other day, and uh, and it was it was kind of cool.
0: And your produ- your producer tag, you said, is like a time capsule. Yeah. First, it was it's Danny G, bitch, and now it's so it's switched yep. so yeah it, I got that right so you've you've only used like two main ones but no matter what the feedback is it, I guess it kind of reminds you of the journey you've been on
1: yeah it does because around the time that I got that tag like I'd say like I was like yeah I started working with like uh, Stan Stanwell and TRD from shitty boys and, uh, actually Stan, I had a tag that I made from like a, like a feature that he did on one of my beats. And I used that as my tag on like a few beats. And that was like, like the first time I met Tron, actually, uh, I had a session with D and he brought Tron and Tron heard the tag and was like, oh yeah, I should, I got to make you a tag now. And at the end of the session, that's what, you know, he did. I just... Record, press record and like that was the first and only thing he said, and like laughed and walked away. <laughs> like so, it was, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. And like I, re- I remember thinking, like, man, wait a second. Like, should I have asked him to do a couple of takes? Or, but then I was like, no, I can't ask him to do that. <laughs> I was like, this is it. This is the tag right here. So.
0: Well, it's funny. So I, I think if people listen, to, if you listen to the Lasso's music and then you listen to your music, it seems like two styles and two people that don't really mesh, or maybe I'm off base. Cause you guys know each other better than I'm assuming, but take me back to that origin story of, of you two knowing about each other and talking. Obviously it starts with Michigan in some capacity. Yeah, for
2: sure. Uh, yeah. I, uh, shout out to this dude who goes by so gross. He's a musician producer. Just <laughs> kind of dude who connects people and um he had been someone who back in like tucson era would like dm me just like your shit's fire and then he'd be like can i get a beat or something <laughs> and i'd be like man it's 400 bucks at least for a beat I, <laughs> and like he just like he's like oh shit okay <laughs> and then like years later he's he just like you get used to people's names on social media whatever we just started to talk more than we met in real life like Started to have like hella mutual friends and stuff. And yeah, years down the line, you know, like when I moved back to Detroit, was probably like once I was really comfortable there, 2018, 2019, like I'm just someone who's going to listen to music where I'm at. Like that's how most of the good shit in my life has happened. Whether it was like getting signed with Lando Chill back in the day, that was just me moving to Arizona and being like, oh, I'm going to find out what's going on here and fuck with it. So, you know, I. So my coworkers at my day job fucked with shitty boys and so like i started following it and like for me what was the jump off point was the fact they were chopping up all this 80s uh freestyle music and so i've always loved detroit rap and was like into it but like i'm, I'm just kind of like this chill person and like i make some some hard shit like musically and some dark shit but for the most part it's more like musician kind of shit and airy so like when i started to hear shitty boys sampling 80s stuff it was like oh fuck like man maybe at some point like what i do with music could intersect with that and then like then just like randomly one day i see this dude so gross the dude had been dming me he was working on a video for tron with lyrical lemonade he does like behind the scenes videos for them and shit and uh yeah, he came out here and I guess then I don't know how Danny linked. I guess through Tron, he met gross and, uh, he just, you know, he was out here and I was working with this other dude, Carlo shout out, um, who the hell is Carlo? And gross was just setting me up with producers to, and he invited Danny over to my studio. So it was just some kind of knowing people and being aware of shit. So I don't, I don't know if Danny is aware of my music or anything prior to that, but, um, he just came through and we started working.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know about your music. Um, really, it was like gross. I was like, gross. Was just like, yeah, you got to come, come through to the, uh, to the deli and, and, and cook up with us, you know. And uh, and then I think I think Carlo was going that one day,
2: but I went. Yeah, that's,
1: that's what I meant. Yeah. I
2: mean, the first thing Danny said when he walked in the room was just like, for me, it's funny because, like, this sounds so corny because it's like, as a musician, I was like, well, man, at some point I want to make some freestyle shit with these. That's, like, my thought. Danny walks in the room and he sees the synths. He's like, yo, does any of you guys know how to make, like, freestyle shit with the synths? And I was just like, oh, fuck, this will be cool. So we just started to talk about it. and You know, that was only... That was like five, four or five months ago. And so, like, dude, we got on our shit. Like, one thing uh, – Cello, you mentioned the work ethic thing in Detroit. And like, yeah, like, I get on with these dudes because we all like to just work a ton. Like, that's what we like to do is make a shitload of stuff and, like, get into it. So, like, I could tell Danny was just someone who works at a pace that's even beyond mine. But it's like when we had the idea, we are just going to hit e you know, every couple of days we got together made shit, made way more stuff than's on this album, but I'm glad we decided to, like, put something out. Beatmakers, and I'm sure you go through this cello interviewing beatmakers all day. It's like every beatmaker is like, yeah, dude, I got 500 things right now that no one's heard and all this stuff. So I think us releasing this was somewhat of a reaction to that whole part of the beatmaking producer culture, which is you just make shit and wait for artists or wait for I don't even know what. Were we all waiting for.
0: Well, it, that's why I was so heartbroken when, when I interviewed Chris Oric. And I don't know if you heard that podcast.
2: Yeah, I did listen to that. It was heavy.
0: Yeah. And it's just, you know, he's, he doesn't feel that way. And it, it, it made me sad. And, you know, I never got to ask you, like you, you were the last person that produced for him. And looking back, do you feel any sort of way about an artist walking away from music <laughs> with your production being the last body of work they rap over? I mean, I know I know it'd be like Phantom Pain, like. but do you feel any sort of responsibility for Chris not being motivated to do music after that? And I'm sure if I asked him, he, he'd say it has nothing to do with the lasso. And it doesn't, but I, I don't know if personally you're you're as sad as I am and maybe you think about stuff like that.
1: Yo, that
2: sounds crazy. I want to hear about this. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've made a record... He's from Detroit, uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Um, And he had some records that really went off with that group. I can't remember what his group was with Apollo Brown. But either oh, way. Uh, I, Ugly Heroes. Ugly Heroes. Yeah, Chris. Uh, so, yeah, I, I produced Chris' last record before he quit music. Damn, yeah. Uh, I actually kind of sensed that while I was producing it to be real. Like, um, that was a cool experience. Like, I didn't like i just like making music like i was gonna be in that studio making music anyways so like the record label i was on that time shout out mellow music group they just chris had worked with them and he connected us and you know i was just there making like 10 beats a day i was like just on my shit like good ass beats every instrument original like i think i made like five records at the same time during that six months and it was like and so like chris being there i could tell he was like thinking about being done with music because he had just felt some type of way about his records had kind of just fallen off and he had felt success and then the fall off. And so like, I think I'm a creative, just lover of music. So even if you're thinking about quitting, you probably still have fun and maybe he's like, damn, if I can't have fun with last other shits over, I don't know.
0: <laughs> and well, I didn't even know you weren't on mellow anymore. So you just dropped the bomb on me.
2: Oh, I'm not necessarily not on that or, or M or M not. Like, to be honest, like, I'm sure I'll make more records with Melo. He's the homie. I just, like, this record's not on it. And I just, like, this is back to where we should, we can jump back at before we were saying before Chris Oryk, but it's back to, like, just put wanting to put shit out. Like, and Danny could speak to this too, is like a producer, you stockpile shit. So I loved being on a label. Whose dream isn't to be on a record label? Like, dude, I got signed when I was just, like, a dude and i that's taken me all cr- sorts of crazy fucking places and opportunities so of course I, I love that but as a creative person like dude I make beats all day every day and like people are like damn you put out a lot of records and it's like shit even with that it's still barely what I'm working on so I want to free myself from that just, just having to like you know stockpile oh shit that's a daily beat
0: Danny G, I know you listen to podcasts and you told me before we we even talked that you you hadn't heard of me, but I also know that you're also in the crypto and I had the first crypto podcast. So I'm, there might we you might have heard my voice. I don't know. Oh, did you sure. did you ever listen to any crypto podcasts back in the day?
1: Man, I can't think of any like in particular, but That's pretty fire though.
0: Yeah. I mean are you are you still in it? Like is how's your portfolio looking nowadays?
1: Dude, it is not looking so good. <laughs> I had money in FTX, I had money in uh, Celsius and what's that other shit?
0: Damn, yeah, like all Celsius <laughs> You went to Vegas on that.
1: Black Yeah, and I knew better too. You know the thing is I knew better, bro. I was just living on the high of the bull market and you know, they're like offering such high returns on staking and I'm like, oh cool, I'll just mine into the to these uh brokerage accounts or whatever and like I'll just make all this money and just let it sit there. Well I knew that was stupid. <laughs> I got
0: a I got a funny story for you though that might make you feel better. So like you know I, I've been in it since like 2015. So, uh, you know, I have some crazy stories. My my boy called me and he said, hey, bro, there's this new crypto. It's called Ethereum. It's only three cents. I bought like 10,000 of them. It's going to be the next big thing. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. And I told him, like, you know, get that get that fuddy duddy wizard money out of my face. It's all about Bitcoin. Yeah, Ethereum yeah. is trash. And by the time I got to Ethereum, the like the Ethereum train, it was like nine dollars, which is early. But if I got in at like three cents, yeah, I'd have yachts inside of my yachts. You know yeah. what I mean? But, you know. Yeah, everyone has stories like that.
1: Yeah, no, I don't like to. Th- I don't like to think about because I, I was messing with Bitcoin like 2012. Like nobody knew about it really. I mean, people knew about it. It was not like the only reason why people were using it was like for gambling and like the Silk the Silk Road. And, you know what I mean? Like there was no mainstream adoption of it. Like anytime anybody you would tell anybody about it, they were like shut up (laughs) that scam but you know what i'm saying like i had a lot of bitcoin at one point that would be worth millions millions and millions of dollars but like you can't look at it that way because i was spending the money like if i was smart i guess or if i just took a chance and kept it all
0: yeah but i mean like nobody did i remember dell.com opened up crypto payments and i bought a tv for like 0. 0.8 bitcoin so it was like wow i just bought like a shitty tv for forty four thousand dollars, you know but you can't you can't think of things like that you know what i mean <laughs> oh,
1: shit.
0: but uh um, you know i
1: you never really know
0: yeah no one i mean you don't have a crystal ball right but um it, it kind of goes into i did
1: i did believe in it. i definitely believe that it's gonna do it you still the time just flies. do
0: you still believe it's you know in due time everyone will be on the moon Uh, Yeah, those—that's my thoughts exactly. uh, (laughs) It's—it's funny. So this—this journey though is of—of you know, you staged houses, you did—you did tile work, you did masonry. When you go through the rolodex of these menial jobs, like everyone has a job they—they hate. But I feel like music producers—it's
1: crazy. You did your research. A little
0: bit, a little bit. (laughs) I feel like music producers hate a nine to five so much that they promise themselves that they'll never, like, I'm never going to go back to it again you know so walk me through the days where you're like you live with your mom you're working at these type of jobs but you're also making beats on the side tell me about that that aspiration that hunger but most importantly i want to know about that misery where you sit at the that unpleasant feeling but you use that to get out of that situation
1: yeah no it's like it's just rough because like i don't know i feel like i wasted like most of my 20s just like fucking off like just like like getting out of jail just doing stupid shit you know but yeah, I think this la- the last time I went to jail was in like 2018, and I just like remember just it was like when I finally started kind of like taking responsibility for like my life, and I was like really getting into what was coming, what came out. Uh, Shoreline Mafia was big around that time; they were blowing up, and I just remember working this uh top, or no it was a bricklaying job. I was on bond. But I was just listening to that and, like, just hyped, like, yeah, man, I'm going to just make beats. And uh, I was trying to get into that. I went to jail for, like, a year. I got – I went to rehab for, like, 90 days, court order, you know. And they uh, – all I did was thinking about that shit, man. I was just thinking about, like, dude, I gotta, I got to do this for real the only reason why I didn't have any emotion with music I feel like was because like, I didn't actually go all in with it and I didn't know anybody so that's when I decided to do that and uh, like I came home and yeah I had to I had a work job you know I couldn't like sell or scam or anything anymore and, so you, you know, know that is like if you're Coming from that, and then going to work a job, that kind of sucks. It's very humbling, but it was needed. Uh, but it also sucks because it reminded me, like, I'm not getting any younger, and I just remember, like, like the music thing. I was really taking a chance on. It. Like, really, I mean, I'm all, you're always taking a chance, but at the time, it seemed like I was taking a big chance on it. So, like, I'm like thinking, like, of my friends, that got like. Jobs at like Quicken Loans, like selling mortgages, and like I'm like fuck, dude, I'm a loser, like you know what I'm saying, and like I was just, I just like, I don't know, it was it was it was a good but bad time, because I would be working like jobs with like people that were doing factory, you know, like they're just lifers, dude, and there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but like not when like there's like this drive. There's something within me that's like, "No, you got to fucking do more than that." And I don't know. Like you you know, you, you can't talk to people like that about dreams. They'll shut them down. And I was very like sort of un- still unsure about it. So I knew it was like dangerous for my mind to even entertain any of that to any of those people. And it would yeah, and it would suck. But I just kept doing it, and I like started networking in my city, and uh, like that was cool because I didn't have that like my hometown. So, and then when I got an opportunity with uh, Shitty Boys, I really just ran with
0: that. Was there ever a moment of weakness where you're you're trying to better yourself and you're doing these jobs? And then you get cut from a job during the pandemic and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I tried to give it an honest try. I'm going to go back to what I'm used to.
1: So no, no, that was, that was low key. The best shit ever that happened to me. Cause dude, I was like in so much pain from like tile shit. As soon as they got, like, as soon as they said, like, call them, we got to shut the job site down. I was like, Oh man, that sucks. Oh, that's too bad. Like we have to go home for two weeks. Like, Man, shit, let me know when it's time to come back. I fucking love, wait, but I love laying tile. Man, I can't wait to come back. I love laying tile. I was tripping tripping about the money, though. (laughs) But then, you know, I'm sure every one of us kind of realized how serious it was getting. And then it was like, oh, we're going to get this unemployment. I was like, shit, all right. So I got unemployment money and shit. And then I was really worried that what I was concerned about was like, damn, this is not going to last forever. And I'm going to have to go back. But I just got tapped in. I got tapped in with uh, shitty boys and just started getting tapped in with like some like other, you know, Detroit artists and stuff. And it was like, uh, like, but I think, I think the, the unemployment money like helped me survive and then I started working uh, I met Lando and Lando opened up the hip hop lab studio and like I met him through TRD and yeah so then I like started having like another source of income and stuff and like I started you know what I mean like it was really perfect timing
0: are, are the people that are visiting your studio, do they respect that? Like, oh, okay, don't bring any narc or roxies or E or meth or lean around me. Like, I'm trying, like, you know, I'm not trying to do all that.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, they definitely bring all that shit. I don't know anybody that brings meth though, or heroin or anything. Like, I haven't seen anybody do that, but, you know, for sure, like, I've seen, like, every time I was in the studio with Rio, he'd be, like, nodding out <laughs> off the drink. Like, <laughs> while he's standing up, like, there's pictures of him online of that. It's kind of funny, with he's crazy, because Rio will be like that, and you think, like, damn, it's over. But then he, like, wakes up and, then, like, gets in the booth and starts rapping. But he's, like, damn near, like, overdosing on
0: But But you're not <laughs> I mean, tripping about that, right? You're not going to, like, you have the willpower.
1: Yeah, 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 no, for sure. I have the willpower. People do drugs around me all the time, and I don't, you know... Not at all. I don't want none of that shit. I'm good. And it's like nothing... You know, it's nothing against anybody else. I just... Man, that's just don't... It don't work for me, bro. Like... um, I would rather not. It's like I'm not about to go hang out at a bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless I have business being there, you know? But... You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't be in a trap house. Like, There's no reason for me to be there. But... Um, yeah, like it doesn't really do that for me, but I think it's cause I'm so strong and like my, my, like where I'm at right now, like sobriety and just, uh, you know, it's like five years, but I think, you know, music really music and just like my new, you know, uh, just like my, like my goals and everything, man. I, I just can't allow myself to do that. It's like. It's so like, playing video games, like, I get – I feel guilty when I play video games because I'm like, dude, you got fucking shit to do, bro. Like,
2: So, like, that would be, like, me, like,
1: getting drunk or something. Like, I'd be like, dude, you're fucking up, man. What are you doing?
2: That's so, what the fuck you doing? That's so funny. That's probably why we're friends and make music together. Like, that was one thing in my, like, marriage and stuff that was hard. And there's probably, like, tweet receipts of me just being like, yeah, I don't – no, I don't really game. I just, like, got – So much fucking feeling of like, dude, you gotta, you got an idea in your head. You gotta go make that right now. Like, if you don't make it, it's not happening. I like feel that weight heavy. I like to embrace it and make it like a cool thing, though. Well, I
1: think what's good about, like, what's cool about, like, you and me, like, our relationship, man, is that you, like, even with this project, like, for me, like, sometimes, like, I, I, you know, you you set some stuff up that, like, I didn't fucking set up. Like, I either procrastinated or something. So you, like, we feed off each other because, like, you held me accountable. Like, you know, like, we both put in work but like, shit. When I needed to do certain shit, like, you were able to do it or, like, remind me about it. And that's cool. Hell, yeah, that's cool. Because we both want to make, you know, make shit happen.
0: That's the thing it's it's so hard to find somebody that understands the mindset of the other when you're passionate about music. Like Danny G, I know you have a long-term girlfriend, but I don't know if she just gives you the space that you need to create music and she doesn't really understand. Like like you know Lasso, I know that your ex-wife was a teacher and I don't think that she was like so passionate about teaching where she was doing it 24/7 like maybe the thing that you guys are passionate about drove wedges in your personal life or or outside so it's kind of like a it's it's a gift and a curse like and not many people on the earth can understand your passion exactly the way you do yeah
2: we talk about this shit like between making beats for sure like it's a it's it's an interesting like way you got to move through life whether it's just like day-to-day time like like right now it's seven o'clock like i worked a full day but like probably by 10 i'll want to make music So who knows where my night goes, like, and then, and that's like, that's, who else is living like that? Like normal people don't, normal people don't like live like that. And, but like, that's kind of just what I have to do if I want to get the results I want. Like Danny's talking about goals and like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, like, you. it
1: really is like that. It's tough. Like it's been hard on like my relationship, man, because, you know, it's like. Yeah, you got to find that balance. like, And it is hard because she's, she's very supportive of me. But also, like, I can tell, like, that it, it – I don't know. It, it's brought strain to our relationship. You know? So it was just tough.
0: And, like, do you have any kids?
1: No, I don't have kids, no.
0: So I think it would just kinda you would have to divide your time up and it would just get even harder. Like the Oh yeah. It, yeah, you know what I mean. So like this music thing, it's a really tricky thing to navigate.
1: Dude, it really is. Like you have to you have to you gotta you gotta go crazy with the shit. Man.
2: Yeah. You can't One thing I think about like that I don't have in my life anymore, like I think about like the nights when like Danny and I were like really finding our shit like two months ago and it's like you know, you kind of got to like talk through shit and you're talking about like fucking I'm finding Reddit threads and I'm excited about Reddit threads. I'm finding, cause I'm figuring out what synth sound I want to get this shit. And it's like, I remember having to share that with like, like try to have that going on, but then also be hanging out with like, shout out my ex-wife. She's cool as hell. Like I don't have any beef with her about, like how she treated music, but it's like, she's not excited about that. Who the fuck is excited about that? Like, it's not, it's like, so, but it's like, that's really what I have to get into to like, you know, what results in like Danny and I having tracks ready for people we're trying to produce for just making tapes. Like it starts with this, like such an abstract kind of like peculiar interest in something that, you know, I, for me, I have to really like, love it and do it because like i'm starting with nothing you know we're not we didn't sample on this tape or anything it's like we to come up with all the ideas you're starting with nothing so it's like i just didn't it's hard to do that and then also just like flip the switch and kind of be the person you are when you're not a producer it's doable it's just and i did it for a while i was married a long time but now that i'm not doing it and i just live in my music life i'm like fuck dude this who is this conducive to other than like my homies who make music and shit you know like it's not like <laughs> yeah. i don't date or have people in my life and stuff like I'm, I'm a nice dude and i like to be social but like i don't go to the bar i'm also sober too like I, I smoke a little but it's like so like beats are like that's my shit that's what i do for fun i don't know so it's i don't want to go to dinner parties and shit man like I, like I don't know what like I like, dude. Like, like I don't want to go chat at the bar and like hear some dude's pol- pol- political rant. Like, yeah. dude, I'd rather I got like shit I'm trying to fucking do, and that was like, and, like shout out to people who do that, whatever. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's but different like,
1: for some people. Some people like that's they're into like the very social part of everything. Like yeah. whatever they do, like I don't know. I mean we're, we we're social in a different way. Yeah, yes, totally.
0: Producers. I hear excitement though when you talk about you know making making this record and, and these type of beats. You know, do you miss working with like Anna Birch and uh Luke Winslow King or uh Fiona Dickinson or it's, it seems like your sound is so far removed from like orchestral funk records with uh Unga Kabuku or or Saltbreaker. Like I'm not even sure Danny G knows how extensive your musical background goes.
2: Yeah, that's was- Dude, I got a lot of, I worked on a lot of country records, like, shit. I could play country guitar really well, like, 12 years ago. Like, I don't ever do that anymore.
1: I think that's pretty cool. Like, I think that's crazy, like, the, the country shit, too, like, because I would totally make some country music. I'm not, I don't like country music at all, but, like, just because I'm, I like, making music, like, I'd be down if, like...
2: Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened to me. Like, I got into the music thing so young, and I was just, like... And I still had the same social thing back then, too, where it's, like, I'd rather hang out with people who want to, like, do something when you hang out. So, like, I always fucked with musicians, because it's, like... Even whether it was when I was, like, getting high or whenever it was, like, when I was... Trying to travel, like musicians, like always want work a little while they're doing, like kicking it. So I've always just like gone to genres because of the people who are around me. So like I ended up in all these different places because I, I was just like, and before I was really, really producing and taking this shit like hella seriously. Like when I talk about the area I own that studio, it's just like the people who, I, who was who I was around wanted to make country music. And like you say, like Luke Winslow King and like Anna Birch, she was the singer in this band Frontier Ruckus. Like those bands were huge and it was like sick. Like I was engineering their records and stuff. And they were big like bands in their genre in this, in, in the region and nationally, internationally, those bands. So it was like, I wasn't, I, I feel like they were, those people respected me in a way they people do in the rap world. It's like, yeah, I just like fucking making music. So um easy enough to hang out with so people end up working with me and i i I don't know if i even liked country i did like i bet there was an era you can find probably fucking interviews with me talking about country if you dug around but it was really just like the desire to keep creating and like whoever's around i was like i'm down to do something i want to go to the studio right now oh shit you gotta you gotta you're gonna bling a blunt too because that's the thing you know like especially at a certain age and shit like you're just trying to get high and like hang out with cool people and shit and the recording studio is that like fuck daniel agree like recording studio culture it's kind of the genre to genre it's like people who just want to like kick it and fucking go into that weird time portal and stuff so. i would be
0: interested to see uh you know danny g with elizabeth pixley fink or remixing cobalt mexican wolves
1: or something
2: you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah these, these are all my yeah I've, I've 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 you know i have no idea how many records i have been on but it's definitely it, it's definitely hundreds so I'm, I'm, you know, some someday I'll write it. Because down. if this is a, if this latest record is a
0: stone cold Detroit style beat record, this might have been an album that Danny G might have been afraid to make a few years ago. Then you shy away from Detroit style beats.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it. dude. I wouldn't have thought I was able to do it.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't think, I, yeah,
0: it's crazy. Yeah, it's.
1: I wouldn't have believed that.
0: So, like, I want people to know yeah, that. When you like, hear this record, it's it's not just beats. It's, it's like, the evolution of two people and where they are in their life and their career. And that's why I think it's an extraordinary project.
2: Yeah. Hell, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely in a, it's a jumping off point for us, too, because we're, like, I still think we've touched on this a little. I want to hear Danny's thoughts quick, because, like... I think we're both excited for the fact that we actually made it happen because shit, dude, beat makers. Like, I hear, do you? Got, I hear the fucking kick and the snare of the entire interview in the background of wherever Danny is. He's probably already made a, he's probably already made a few beats today, and I already made a few beats this morning. So, like, the shit, the fact we actually got that shit uploaded and stuff. Like, not a lot of like. People are making that happen, and it's mostly just – I don't even know why that is. So I feel really good that we stopped and, like, looked at what we had and, like, made it oh, into yeah, something.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, they're definitely making these. I made, like, five or like, six.
2: Or yeah, yeah, there's a lot for us to do. Like, we just scratched the surface. Like, we figured out the hard parts of working together, just, like, you know i i don't know like all these subtext things like i just kind of like as this record was we were making it like i just got better at preparing stems like watching how danny programs and shit it's like oh okay next time i make some shit for him i'm gonna do this so yeah we got like ideas for other ways we can collaborate too i think we
0: can all agree that this uh this new album is a step forward for both of you and um And, uh, I'm really super appreciative that we could sit down and chat and I could host you and Danny G, please don't be a stranger. I've been able to have a rapport with the lasso for years now because of this podcast and it's been great. So I hope you and I can have the same and I appreciate you both.
1: Yeah. Likewise. So
0: I'll I'll definitely, uh, you know, keep in touch and, uh, tag you guys when this goes out. And, uh, uh, like you guys say, if you're just scratching the surface, please come back anytime you want to talk, talk about a project or just kick it.
2: Oh, yeah, appreciate that. We'll be in touch, and yeah, link us up when it comes out, and we'll definitely share it as well. Appreciate you uh, having us on here to talk about our shit. Yeah, for
1: sure, man. Thank you.